0: All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to a hundred books a year with Kevin Wong. Uh, today, I want to kickstart another book, um, or I want to say maybe a collection of short story. Um, is being titled "The Art of Philosophizing" <laughs> by uh, one of my favorite philosopher, uh, Bertrand uh, Russell. So, a, a little background on him. I think we talk about him um, about couple months ago on my other podcast, RDR show. And, um, he is the founding father of, um, you know, mathematical based or uh, logic based philosophy in the sense that, um, he would treat learning math and how that will correlate to philosophy. Right. So, um, I've been kind of, you know, uh, listening to some lectures from a Chinese philosopher. The name is called uh, Wang Dongyue, right? So he claims that, you know, between science and philosophy, there's really not much of a gap. And I do believe that in this case is similar as well, uh, that Russell thinks that mathematical inductive base logical philosophy can have some kind of a correlation between science and philosophy, right? So the art of philosophizing um, is actually written in the World War II times and just a collection of short stories and essays. And then I pick out a couple of things I think are interesting. So right off the bat, right, what is philosophy? Um, Russell said that philosophy is something that doesn't really have a definite knowledge, right? Science has definite knowledge, but philosophy doesn't. and a really pairs between science and you know what uh, what he called groundlessless uh credulity, so meaning like savages, so like being one hundred percent certain definite knowledge to one hundred percent b s not credible misinformation right so philosophy is in between on a spectrum between science and savages. That's what uh, Russell said. So in a nutshell, right? philosophy tells us how to proceed when we want to find out what may be true and what most likely to be true, right? So something that we think have a higher likelihood of being true, that belongs to science, and something that we think most likely to be true, that belongs to philosophy, where it is impossible to know with certainty what is true. Right. So even in the science community, like uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's really hard to 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 see what is true and what is false or what is more true than others. So this is another concept that I'm very excited to introduce you guys called rational conjecture, meaning that it's useful in two ways. Right. So first way is that it can be used to find the most difficult topics. What is true by producing a hypothesis and test it, right? Rational congesture. The second way that's being useful is we often have to act in spite of uncertainty, right? It's like firefighter trying to put on a fire, even though there is uncertainty of when the house will collapse, firefighters still have to go in because the more you wait, delay is dangerous in this case. So when we have to do that, that's where, in my opinion, rational congesture really, really shines is to really, really figure out if this is the right way to be the judge of what is the possible, what is the truth in this situation, right? So in a sense, to become a philosopher is really combating the sense that most people go through life with a whole world of belief that have no sort of rational justification, right? Those are the beliefs that their parents taught them, their teachers taught them, their friends taught them, but they don't really spend time to figure out the rational footing of those beliefs, right? uh, Religion being an example in this case, right? So people's opinion have mainly designed to make them feel comfortable in the sense that, okay, my mom believed this, my dad believed this, so I believe this, I trust her judgment, I'm comfortable. But... Whether that's a true or not, that's like a second consideration, right? So that's kind of like religious views are typically sense for is that it gives you peace of mind, right? So in a sense, that if you wish to be a philosopher, you must try as far as you can to get rid of belief, which you depend solely upon the place or time or your education Upon your parents, upon your uh, schoolmasters told you right, so Russell, in this case, really, really challenged the idea of philosophy, right, like in terms of being a philosopher in another word, it means being an active thinker, it means a active thought processing thinker that challenges and questions everything right and the reason for that um russell saying there are three right so one is that we have irrational opinions right so he gave us a couple of, uh, examples on class on uh, racial injustice right we have that quite a bit for the last couple of weeks and we have wars and we have the uh, violence and we have strikes and all that stuff right so those are those are irrational i I believe that Sam Harris said that, you know, like uh, he wishes in our lifetime we can get to a place where different skin color are the same as different eye color or different hair color. They're just different. It doesn't really mean anything. Right. So, so, you know, Sam Harris kind of represent like the ultimate, you know, um, uh, ACS figure or the ultimate rational figure, if you put it this way. Right. So second reason why uh, Russell thinks that we should become an active thinker is that we sometimes take mistaken beliefs that do not enable you to realize good purpose. So what that means is that there are a lot of false information, right? Like there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, If you want to become a philosopher, you need to be able to sniff out what is the wrong belief and what is the right belief, right? Like the example that he uses are actually really interesting. Is that uh, back in the medieval time, whenever there's a pandemic, I don't know, the black Death, of 14 something, I don't remember exactly when that happened. Um, So those ignorant people, they would gather around during a pandemic to a church or to a temple to pray. And then everybody got a virus and everybody died, right? So same thing with with what we're doing right now with COVID, same thing, right? People are like yeah, like a uh, government tell you, oh yeah, don't wear a mask. Uh, like, come on, it is a respiratory disease. Wear a mask will prevent the droplet being inhaled. Of course, mask helps, right? Like, it is a no-brainer. But people that that are not philosophers or don't possess the philosophical thinking abilities question that, right? Because they they have a mistaken belief that oh yeah, I need to believe my government. I need to believe my governor. I need to believe my president. In a sense that they don't question whether if that's the case or not, right? Now, number three, uh, Russell believed that it is important is that truth is better than falsehood, right? that, that just the uh, plain truth, right? Like, you know, like, obviously, false are bad, right? truths are good. Uh, and then, you know, it's like a basic one-on-one of moral philosophy. So... The reason I write down all of this as a first introduction is later on in in this short book, um, Russell kind of lays down the essence of a philosopher's training, right? Like what does he think a philosopher should go through as a philosopher's training? And this is kind of like the introduction or like the prepping background knowledge episode where I... Laid out a couple points, right? First of all, what is philosophy, right? It's a thing that be, that a danger between science and and you know savages, um. And we need to use rational conjecture. We need to make attempt to figure out what's going on, right? Because most people go through life with false beliefs, and the false beliefs are are morally are morally negative. I I I don't even want to say that are. Are morally questionable. That's, let's uh, let's put it that way, right? And then, um, in the sense that we need to really depend on our beliefs, and then in that way, we need to make sure that we challenge belief, we challenge a mistaken belief, and then we challenge a belief that our parents and our and our uh, school, our our education, our place, our time taught us, right? So, in a sense, I I'm to a point that I really do, do think that with quote unquote "Becoming a philosopher I don't think I didn't get a feel after reading the book that Russell thinks that you need to go to a college and you know uh, take classes to have a philosophy degree to become a philosopher. I think in this book right it was written in the World War II era, I think it's really interesting how kind of he sheds light on the Nazis and whatnot so um it's really a way of thinking that makes you a philosopher. Right? It's not that you dress nicely with a suit and tie and a bow tie and then you smoke a cigar, then that makes you a philosopher. So I really embrace that idea. I really think that that idea rings true. And then uh, tomorrow I want to dive in deeper of what Russell thinks are the f- decent philosopher's training. And um, you don't have to do it by going to a class, pay four-figure tuition and get a paper degree. All right, cool. Uh, if you like this podcast, give us five stars on whatever you listen, and uh, we we'll go from there. Alrighty, bye.